Hello, friends. This is the last episode of 2022. I'm so... All the feelings, all the feelings. But I want to first read our review of the week. If you're just tuning in, I'm trying to reach a goal of 250 reviews on iTunes. Thank you to everyone who takes a moment to leave a review. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes and hit leave a review. And here is the review of the week. It says, I just discovered your podcast about two months ago and I've absolutely loved it. I was looking for a podcast for life in your 20s, but that involved God and stumbled across this one after many tries. Well, I'm so glad that you found this podcast. I'm so glad that it was what you wanted. And you guys, big news. If you check on Spotify and hopefully it is updated to iTunes by the time you listen to this. I have new cover art and I think it turned out so cute. I hope that you like it. Maybe you can let me know what you think, but I got rid of that blue stuff. It's super cute. Well, you'll just have to look at it. So new cover art on the podcast, super pumped. In today's episode, you are going to time travel. I am interviewing a guy who is in Australia. So he was joining me from the future. And when we recorded this, his book was coming out in September. As I'm airing this, it is December. So a little bit of time travel happening here. Sometimes it's hard to air the podcast episodes in the order that they should. There's just a lot going on behind the scenes. But anyways, this is a really fun episode. This guy has survived four near-death experiences and has an incredible outlook on the gift that we call life. And I know that you're going to love this episode. Hello. Today, our guest is joining me from the future. (laughs) I had to start with that. He is in Australia and there it is currently 12 a.m. on Wednesday. And for me, it is 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. So I just think that's so fascinating. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Katie, it's amazing to be here. Unfortunately, I can't give you any future predictions or (laughs) stock options or anything like that to help you out where you are. Uh, but yes, I apologize in advance if I have a brain fart in the middle of this or whatever, <laughs> because it is quite early, but, um, I'm very grateful to be here with you and to serve your community. Oh, thank you for staying up late and doing this. And I know even if you have a brain fog, I'm excited that I know this will be an incredible conversation. You have quite the life story, my friend. I found out about you through Icon Media and like, would you like to have Jay as a guest? I'm like, ah, yes, I would. You have so much to to share and to give, but um, I'm not sure where to start other than maybe just tell us a little bit about who you were growing up and then we can get to all of the multiple near-death experiences to start and what you've learned along the way. Of course. So my name is Jay Phantom. Uh, I was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. I like to say that I'm a young, persistent, passionate on person or individual entrepreneur, whatever uh, sort of class you want to put me in, I guess. Uh, and I also love saying that I try to be an authentic man of integrity every single day to show up with excellence. Um, I am blessed to host uh, a podcast called The Story Box. And now I was able to to write and unbox my own life story in, in The Path of an Eagle, uh, which is coming out. Uh, but that's, I guess, who I am and uh, a little bit about what I do as well. And before we started recording, he showed me just getting the actual copies in the mail. Like, yay, uh, this will just be audio. But yeah, you could, we'll make sure we put a link on Amazon so people can go see it in the flesh. It's a beautiful cover. So that's exciting. I want to get into the story because that's definitely the good stuff. You have quite the incredible story. Um, 
multiple near-death experiences. I'm not sure even where to start, but perhaps maybe you can give us, you know, back us up to what kind of started shaping you and started shaping this book. So I've had four near-death experiences uh, and I'm only 26 now. I just recently turned 26. Uh, One of them in particular was uh, because of my own selfish reasons, but the other ones were sort of well outside of my own control. Uh, So I ended up uh, two years old, two years and 18 months, I believe, um, had, um, so that would, that would make it three, I think. I don't know. Can't do math right now, but um, uh, I ended up with salmonella food poisoning. And because I was so young, my internal organs were still trying to develop and uh, what comes with salmonella is a lot of uh, vomiting and diarrhea and all that pretty stuff. I apologize for the listeners, uh, which okay. basically it dehydrates your your body, and uh, you couldn't keep I couldn't keep any fluids down. My parents called an ambulance. The ambulance officers decided to leave us at home because they thought we just had a normal food bug, which is rare and very unusual for ambulance officers to actually not take a infant to hospital with those kinds of symptoms and and um that condition and uh so if my parents didn't decide to take me to hospital uh after the ambulance officers left then i wouldn't have made it through the night so there's the confronting factor um and then more than that when i did get to hospital uh, my, my kidneys were, yeah, all my internal organs were pretty much, uh, on the point of dehydration. Um, and so the doctors couldn't find a vein cause they had all collapsed to put a cannula in to rehydrate all my organs, uh, which is not a good thing. So if your internal organs, uh, dehydrate, then they can collapse and you can go, you can put basically die or, or there are other complications that come with that as well. So because the doctors couldn't find a vein, they were going to either take me to do surgery, which are there's more complications with a child that is really, really young, still trying to develop to do that sort of surgery. Uh, so my parents uh, got the whole church praying, asking God to pretty much spare me from having surgery and before they they were going to take me into surgery, the doctors actually went over my body one last time and they were able to, to find a small vein the size of a mustard seed in between of my toes. Um, wow. And they were able to, to put a cannula in and then rehydrate uh, my, my body. But that was, that was one uh, near death wow. experience as, as a little kid. And then, uh, when I was 13 and 14, I ended up with uh burst appendix, which could have, I say that pride and ego, uh, almost cost me my life because they weren't going to operate on me and my appendix had burst. Uh, and because when an appendix bursts, like it sends a ton of inflammation through your body and infection and a lot of just crazy issues. Uh, and I wouldn't have made it through the night 
uh, as a result. But um, yeah, mum's persistence and a lot of prayers helped. Uh, finally, the doctor relented, but he wasn't going to to operate on me. Uh, and then he, I, I actually woke up during the operation and heard him say like he was holding my my appendix in his hand and heard him say to the 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 person beside him um we won't tell his mum that they had burst an hour before we'll tell her that they had burst in in my hands and um yeah <laughs> that was that was wow. a that was a situation and um so i was i was saved from yeah, saved from from dying from that instance, and then in 2018, uh, I ended up in November 2018. I ended up with uh, meningitis. Uh, there's two types of meningitis. There's type A and there's type B. So type A is bacterial, and type B is uh, viral. And basically, type A can develop into uh, meningococcal, which is uh, really really nasty and you can lose limbs you can your organs can shut down your whole basically system just turns itself off and um i i have a friend of mine who who endorsed the book amy purdy who ended up having meningococcal and she lost both of her legs Uh, and her story is is quite incredible too um but essentially the the procedure that they've got to do to determine whether or not you have meningitis or which one type a or type b is they do what they call a lumbar puncture which means they stick a a long needle in the back of your spine to hit your spinal cord and drain your spinal fluid and wow. the best part is there is a 50 50 chance of it being a success the 50 percent chance that it not being a, a success means that essentially that you could be paralyzed from the neck down or they can hit your spinal cord and make your brain dead and essentially cost you your life. Uh, and now, oh Katie, I'm no gambling man at all uh, and I certainly don't like gambling with my life at all. But uh, when it comes down to those odds, I don't like them. <laughs> and yeah. I I was not happy at all. And And not to mention the doctor that had told me this uh, he'd only done one other procedure uh, like this and he told me that that was a success and based on that track re- track record, it would my one would be a, a success as well. Uh, but I couldn't see him to and, and for me, a big part of being able to trust someone is seeing their their um, facial expressions, seeing how they act and, and whatnot. And because I couldn't see him, it was hard for me to really trust him. Uh, and so I wrestled the entire time for hours and hours and hours. Um, and then I was also wrestling with a voice in my head, which I believe was God saying, um, do you trust me? And it kept saying that, do you trust me? And I'm like, of course I trust you. Why wouldn't I trust you? And, but really I didn't. The, The last thing that the voice said to me before it went was, do you trust me? And not long after that, I finally relented, had the procedure done. And trust me, Katie, like I asked so many times, is there anything else? Is there any other way we can we can determine whether or not I've, I've got 
this this illness but unfortunately that was the only the only way we were able to determine whether or not i had meningitis which is doing a lumbar puncture it's quite an interesting procedure actually because when they stick the needle in your spine uh you feel everything but in order to determine whether or not he's actually hit the spinal cord uh is you feel a sharp pain all the way down your right side and if you don't feel the sharp pain down your right side it means that he stuffed it up but it's interesting how in order to actually hit the nerve uh you you got to feel that sharp pain which i would think the opposite <laughs> yeah. i would think that um you you just be able to there'd be no pain at all but um there is and and while we're doing the procedure the the bit of humor of me to sort of uh deal with what's going on i asked my mum to film it for me and uh through because i wanted to see what was going on and so she did and i don't know where the video went but i've got a photo uh that looks like silver mercury is is dripping out it's it looks pretty cool um but that was i ended up surviving that uh praise god and i'm still alive today but knowing that i could have died and there was a 50 percent chance of that happening was just really really nerve-wracking at the time but i see that uh, god wasn't done with me back then and he's still not done with me and uh in 2019 so this is the fourth one um so my life wasn't going anywhere that i wanted it to uh things were just transpiring in my life which we can dive into further if you would like to but uh i i chose to selfishly attempt to end my life one day uh because i felt worthless because i felt like no one loved me and i thought that i had no purpose in this life and that i i essentially had given up i wanted to be out of pain and uh so i I attempted to to end it and it's God God intervened in a miraculous way and stopped everything from from really happening and I'm only alive today because of him and I just remember being in in the car uh after everything had happened crying and just uh reaching out to God and saying God I need you to give me worth I need you to give me purpose and I need you to show me what you would have me do for my life and and where you want me to go because i got no idea uh and then after that he gave me this comforting sense of peace and it wasn't like my life instantly changed in that moment but it sort of i knew that everything was going to be okay from from that moment on and it, and it really was so uh those are my four near-death experiences in a nutshell <laughs> Wow. So much to unpack. I uh, Is this when you started the podcast and everything after that fourth attempt and, and what you're doing now and the book? Essentially, yes. So the attempt was in June of 2019 and I started the, the story box in November of 2019. So it wasn't long. It took a couple of months after that attempt for me to discover my God-given purpose, as I call it and to be on the path of an eagle which is what i also call the title of my book and and the path that i'm currently uh soaring on at the moment uh but yes that was that was the same year i have so many questions my friend this is something just fresh on my mind and i and i think that our, our listeners can relate so i am 
just two days coming back from a trip to New York. And um, this was a trip where like the crime is up in New York. I was actually traveling back from New York City on September 11th. <laughs> and so oh, there was wow. just a lot of things I was worried about, you know, and like just, oh, you know, is this a good idea? And it ended up being a beautiful trip, had a great time, like always good. And kind of in the aftermath of that, I'm thinking like that worry wasn't helpful. It didn't serve anything. It didn't make my trip any, like it was unfruitful time spent. And I'm curious as someone who has survived four near death experiences, does that make you worry more or are you just like, whatever, every day is a gift? Like where, where do you fall on that spectrum? I think I have a much more higher appreciation of the value of life more than I guess what other people might have. And it's, it's interesting because I say that everyone should cherish and value their life more and you don't have to go through near-death experiences to appreciate life uh, even more. But for me personally, I am grateful to be alive and I count it all joy every single day to be able to, to be alive and to live this life the best way that I possibly can. And I think that life is so precious that for a lot of people, they don't realize how precious it actually is. And I try and, and use my story to show people that you can be here one minute and the next minute you can't be. And I think having that understanding not only makes you live your life in a, in a more, I wouldn't say cautious, but I would say a, a much more a real and understanding way of, of just how life unfolds for us and how life is there and um, how we should truly value it. Um, and I think that for me, I learned so many amazing lessons with my, my near-death experiences, but the, the most profound lesson was that my story does matter. My story has worth. And I, th I believe that everyone's story has worth and has value. And doesn't matter what stage of life you are at currently, that it it truly does matter, you know. And yeah. I I want that message to get across first and foremost. So I hope that everyone chooses to to value their life and to to give this life every second of every day their utmost best because we're not guaranteed of a tomorrow. And time is time itself is is valu valuable. It's a boggling concept uh that people are still trying to get their minds around um but for me I'm, I'm trying my best to use the the time that i have left and i don't know how much that is to to be a light to be a witness to to be someone that is of good character and can help people that are struggling overcome and lead the best life moving forward that's so good I'm curious, uh, your faith journey. So obviously the younger experiences were mostly out of your control. And then you said you had the, um, suicide attempt, like where, where were you and God and all of that journey? Well, God and I were not, well, I'd say I, I wasn't on the best terms with God <laughs> during that time. Uh, I had chosen to, to walk away from God for, for that period of my life. And I, I literally blamed him for everything that was going wrong in my life, which is the wrong sort of approach to actually do. Um, and 
so during this whole whole period of my life, I was angry at God. I resented him and I didn't want anything to do with him. And as sad as that is for me to say, God was still faithful and he still said, I, I love you, Jay. I'm not going to give up on you and I'm still here for you. And he showed up several times with the meningitis uh, incident and then even the suicide attempts, he, he was still there for me. And it was like, I'm not done with you, Jay. I'm still, I'm going to put you on this path and I want you to realize this path for yourself, but you're going to have to go through some pain and you're going to have to go through that, that transformational period of your life, which does involve a little bit of hurt, but I'm going to be with you through it. And I don't want you to give up. I want you to, to implement uh, persistence in your life and resilience and grit. And I'm going to show you exactly what it takes to get through this and to overcome and to be the very best version that I have called you to become. And I love saying that uh, I owe God everything and he owes me nothing and he still continues to give on a continual basis. And I'm only here today and I'm only alive today serving him because of him. And, um, and that for me, like it's not about me. It's never been about me. And when I realized that, it was another profound moment because my faith is everything to me. It's my guiding light through this this ever increasingly dark world. And I think a lot of people, they're trying to navigate this world without a proper compass, without proper direction. And that's what my faith is. It is my my compass, my navigational tool that leads me in, in all the, the right directions in life, even through um, the, the most challenging obstacles and, and, dark, and dark paths. So that's what my faith is, is to me. It's super important and I wouldn't compromise it or give it up for anything. Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep, just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you want to be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know from this podcast, is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you and we just set a phone call, date, and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want, but we're going to just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased therapy third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebulmer.life. I'm thinking, you know, it's easy for us to see now how God obviously has an incredible <laughs> purpose for you. And, you know, even who knows, you know, you're still very young, all the things that may happen, but this book and this podcast and all the things you're doing now and impacting so many people, it's easy to see now God saved you in those young years and those three near-death experiences. I, I wonder if you could take us back in this, this may be emotional, but like to um, that near suicide attempt and you not, see, but you're in that dark space and you can't see what's, what is current. I know that some of our listeners may be in that like, okay, maybe God has a plan for me, but I don't see it right now. I, all I see is darkness and frustration and like, there is no purpose. And what would you say to yourself in, in that space? If you could, you know, knowing what you know now. 
if I could go back to that period of my life, the first thing that I would say is it's going to be okay. Yeah. And for a lot of people that are struggling or going through that the darkness at the moment, it is hard to see that it is going to be okay. I know that it does suck. It does hurt. But ultimately, if you choose not to give up and I had chosen selfishly to give up in that moment, that was my choice and mine alone. And I say that it is ultimately selfish because it was all about me. It was not, it was about no one else, not how I was going to affect my family and, and all my friends and colleagues and everything like that. It was all about me being out of pain and I want people to understand that it's your choice and yours alone, but it's not just about you. There are other people in this world that love and they care for you. You may not see it as that, but that is just a lie that you are choosing to believe. And I had chosen to believe that for such a long period of my life. And it ultimately led to this, this part of me being in that car and me attempting to hit a pole at 130, 140 kilometers an hour, which is really, really fast, um, trying to convert that into to miles. But for me, I, I want people to know that there is hope, there is strength if you choose to lean on all the right elements moving forward. And for me, it was when, when God did show up and I know for some people it might be hard to see God or to see some form of hope in in spite of the darkness that is surrounding them, but there is always light. There is always a way out if you choose to actually take a step forward into the unknown. It's kind of like that that movie, I love it, uh, Indiana Jones, when um, I, I believe it is uh, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when uh, he takes that, he, does, he can't see the path forward. He takes a leap of faith. And once he takes the leap of faith, he, he finds that he actually steps on solid ground. And when we do decide to have a little bit of courage, that's all it takes, a little bit of courage, not a lot, a little bit of courage to step out into the darkness. We can land on some sort of solid ground. I, I truly believe that because that's what happened to me. And then, like Indiana Jones did, he was able to then move forward in the right direction. And it's not going to be guaranteed that moving forward in the right direction is going to be easy, but at least you are moving forward. At least you're not staying stuck because we weren't made to or designed to be stuck. We were made to move forward, to learn what we need to learn in the pain, but to move through and to get to the other side because ultimately that's where true fulfillment lies through the journey, through learning what we need to learn. But then once we get to the other side, there is that level of growth. There is strength. There is fulfillment. There is joy. There is peace. There is all these elements that make up life and, and a, an abundant life um, that God has intended for us. And he created the struggle, the challenge and all these obstacles for our benefit, not our detriment. But a lot of people succumb. They don't overcome. And I want to help people to overcome instead of succumbing to all the, the challenges that do arise in, in our lives. And if my story is anything to bear witness to that fact, 
I hope that people can see that if a 26 year old now, I was in my early twenties going through this, if I can get back up and keep on moving forward, then what's to stop you guys from doing that as well? That's so good. I want you to maybe take me back to that, the meningitis, uh, incident. I don't know what the word is. Terrible experience you walk through and you kept hearing the voice. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I think that if we boil down almost all the junk we go through in life, that, that is the ultimate question, right? And something I keep coming back to is God, you're good. And I trust you. God, you are good. And I trust you. And I have to say it until I believe it and your unique experience and all that you've walked through. I'm curious how you have evolved from that meningitis moment to here. And, and we're all human and I'm sure there's always doubt, but like, I'm, I'm sure you have some wisdom as it relates to that question. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting <laughs> one. Um, so for me, going back there to that moment and learning how to trust in, in God, uh, it was interesting because I couldn't see the doctor. And like I was saying oh, before, yeah being able to see someone helps me trust them a lot more seeing their so body even language. more powerful trust legit blind blindly going into this and god saying blind do you trust, trust me but can i see him please <laughs> it, it is truly difficult to trust someone if you can't truly see them so learning for me the value of blind trust, what that actually looks like, excuse the pun, um, was quite interesting actually because I was solely relying on the unknown essentially, but I know a God that already knows the known and I had to relent. I had to accept the fact that it wasn't in my control. I had to give that over to a God that I know that is in control. And if my mum was there with me as well, and she kept saying to me, Jay, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You know, we're praying for you. A lot of people were praying for you, but me in particular wrestling with that voice. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And eventually I got to the place where I was just like, you know what? Let's see. Let's see, God, I know you're real, but I want you to prove it to me right now. I want you to show up. And in essence, I, I think it is good for us to, um, to challenge God in a way. And because he, he, he'll show up anyway. Like he, he's just, for me, that the, um, the incredible nature of God. And while I don't fully understand him and I will never try to say that I do, but I know that these days that I always go back to um, the poem footprints in the sand. So whenever we can't see the second set of footprints in the sand through, through challenges, it's often that God is carrying us through. We just choose not to see it as such. So I had to shift my perspective in that moment and I, I might be going on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, hopefully I'm making some some kind of sense. But I'm still, yeah. trust is, is earned over time and, and 
I guess I realized in that moment, part of me realized in that moment that uh, God had been faithful throughout my life over the years. And I just needed to, to let him lead in this moment. And for me to just take a step back and stop being so controlling, stop being a perfectionist and, and really give him my life. If I, if I wanted to, to get through this and, and ultimately he, he came through. So hopefully that, that answered your question in a, in a roundabout way. No. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think that it also speaks to our stubbornness and believe me, I can relate, but also like the faithfulness of God, because as you said, you know, that wasn't the last near death experience, unfortunately. Um, yet still God was like pursuing us. And I think that that's such a, romantic and beautiful and like that whole idea of the the one sheep who ran away and like he was like no jay listen we got we got a purpose we got a plan you're like no don't want to hear it (laughs) but he's like no for real we got a plan yeah that's (laughs) i think that's so cool that is beautiful in its its essence and if we say that we are truly a child of god and we walk away from from his flock he is like that shepherd that kind shepherd and he doesn't promise that we won't go through hurt or we won't go through pain, but he does promise us that he will be with us through all of that. And for me, knowing that fact now more than ever, it actually encourages me and, and it gets me excited to go through more pain and, and more struggle because I know for a fact that God's going to be with me through it all. And if I can lean on him and his strength, then I can do exactly what Isaiah 40 verse 31 says. And it's another reason why I wrote this book, because what Isaiah 40 31 says is the third word in that verse is hope. It's not hoping in ourselves, because when we hope in ourselves, most of the time we fall short. But when we hope in something greater than ourselves, the, the one who actually made us, then we are truly able to, to build up proper strength that resilience to then uh, God actually will renew our strength. He will give us the ability to to soar on the wings like eagles and to run and not grow weary and to walk and not be faint, all these aspects of our life. And when God mentions uh, an animal or these, these key components in the Bible, you know that it's important, but we choose not to see it as important. So like the shepherd, he leads us to to still waters, to to peaceful moments, but we've got to go through some hurt. We've got to go through some challenges in our life. That is all part of the journey of life. It can be a, a living roller coaster ride, but ultimately, I come back to God is always faithful and just, for, and His grace and His mercies are always sufficient for all of us. And if my story is any proof of that then fantastic. I hope the people will see it as such. Yes. So talk to me about the book. So obviously something happened uh, from 2019 to where we are today. Uh, A lot of stuff happened, obviously, but like what inspired you and tell us what kind of the meat, the meat and potatoes of all the good stuff in there. (laughs) Well, I, I started writing this book four years ago. So around 2019 And it was a very, very different book to what it is today, believe you me. And I, I thought back then that I could 
just vomit out all my pain, everything that I was going through, and then somehow it would become a New York Times bestselling book. <laughs> I know, very naive of me uh, to think or, or say that to myself, but um, I had no idea what I was doing really. I was just, it was all about me and everything that I was going through. So the title of the book uh, back then was In Failure, You Learn Humility. It's not a great title for a book. It's more of a, a book chapter title. Uh, and so when I finished the first draft, I was so ashamed and I had no idea what it actually was. And I remember showing it to one other person and them trying to trying to read it and seeing the look on their face as they're trying to read it and just cringing because I'm not... Uh, I'm not good at grammar and I, I, I don't think the story made any sense at all because it was just verbal vomit of everything that I was going through at the time and there was no clear direction. There was, yeah, nothing. And so I decided to shelve it and go about my life and then not long after that, I ended up having a conversation with my my now boss and um, he he inspired me to write another book uh, which is – uh, based around the five P's that I live by uh, every single day, uh, which is another story for another time. But essentially I get halfway through that book and I realized, hang on a minute, I had this other book that I had started and I didn't finish it. And my grandfather's words kept coming back to me really, really wise. If you, if you start something, finish strong, give it your best. And if you haven't given your best, then don't give up until you have given it your best. And it just kept nagging away at me because for me, I had started this, I'd given up on it and I hadn't given my best. So I, I then went back to it and I guess part of me thought, you know, one day I would go back to it uh, because I shelved it. I didn't delete everything. Um, and so I looked at this, this book and basically deleted everything, said a quick prayer. I said, God, I need you to, to show me what you would have me to write. And this was after everything had transpired. So I had started the show and it was early 2020 um, that I really found God really showed me exactly what he wanted me to say in the story that he wanted me to share. And I had to remove my own ego out of the equation and say, this is God's story. I am the vessel that is just writing this. And really he gave me, my life verse at that moment and I based the book around Isaiah 40 31 and God has put me on he, he made me realize that he has put me on the path of an eagle how to overcome and and lead and I have been through some crazy crazy obstacles but I say in the book that it has been an incredible journey the path of an eagle is a unique healing path for every single one of us that chooses to be on the, their own path, but in essence, have it be the path of an eagle. And I want people to become, and I hope that they will become their own better leader through the pain because everyone is a leader. We can make a choice whether or not we want to be a good one or we want to be a bad one. And so my goal and my hope is that people will be able to be overcomers, to be leaders that are, uh, are able to lead themselves out of the worst possible situations in life to a, a more peaceful and a more fulfilled life uh, in, the, in the future. For an Australian launching his first book in the US at the age that I am, 
it's even more real and emotional and and all the aspects to it so i'd be even more grateful for your support uh if you if you do decide to pre-order the book and i wrote the book for you whatever you're going through in life i believe there is something in there in this book for you and i wrote it to be something that is not only just powerful but for there to be stories in there so that you can enjoy the write the read and that you can also learn as you go along because for me i learn through stories i learn through other people's experiences and and what they've been through by listening to their stories so this book is filled with them and i hope that you you get a copy and you get helped in some way shape or form i love it Jay, I always like to ask our guests before we let them go is if you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you say? I would go back to Jay, it's going to be okay. Don't give up. Keep on going because eventually you're going to be soaring. That's what I would say. Yes. Soaring like an eagle. Well, Jay, such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for joining us from the future in Australia. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. It's, it's been great to speak with you and, and hopefully people have, have learned something. Hopefully I made sense um, and hopefully I didn't have too many brain farts along no, the way. No, it was perfect. But, um, it, it's great to be with you and, and to serve your community and hopefully it was a blessing. So thank you so much. I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you.